0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now.
1: Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Football Friday. And boy, oh boy, gosh, uh, you know, it would be really great if we actually had something to talk about on this sports show. Um, Yeah, I I mean, it's just another one of those days where you wish you had four. I was just talking to Justin Spears on Saturday night. I saw him at the uh, the football game on Saturday night. We were just chit-chatting about work and stuff and, like, man, I tell you what, there, most days I get in there and I wish I had another hour just to, just to you know, have more time to discuss things and, you know, just do more things with you guys. Um, you know, unfortunately, the two hours is here and gone so quickly. I have to get in and get out. And today's one of those days I wish you had like five hours because there's just so much going on between the ending that happened in last night's baseball game and, by the way, you know i would they always say never go to bed angry right if you, if you've ever been in a relationship you've been married whatever they they always say don't go to bed angry i went to bed angry last night folks i went to bed angry and the worst part was is i woke up this morning even more angry because as i stewed on it in my sleep my blood continued to boil and i woke up this morning even more angry at everything that happened last night to end the game and end the series between the Giants and the Dodgers. I have a name written down here that will forever be, have made an indelible mark in my brain. The name is Gabe Morales. Gabe Morales. The first base umpire who decided to end a series with one of the worst freaking calls I've ever seen in my entire life, not just because of how bad the call was, how badly blown the check strike, the check swing call was was made, just how badly it was, badly blown it was. That doesn't make it the worst call, one of the worst calls of all time. What Gabe Morales did was end one of the great baseball series of our time with a stupid call. A call that you never, ever make in that situation. Ever. And then walked off the field smug and as if he had just been the hero of the game. Nothing will infuriate me more. Well, I shouldn't say nothing. Very few things infuriate me more than officials who decide games. Big games. Huge games. Games. Monumental games. Games in a series that featured the two winningest teams in baseball. In a postseason series that featured the most combined wins in the history of the Major League Baseball playoffs. 213 wins is the most ever by two, com- by two opponents in a Major League series. He ended a series in which one of the great rivalries of all time in any sport. Two teams that have been going at each other for a hundred and twenty years, who have never faced each other in the postseason, because of just weirdness—like just things happen, coincidences happen—and they've never faced one another. There, it's just—it—it it, it goes beyond the fact that. Do I think Wilmer Flores would have gotten that hit? Would he have won the at bat? He's 0 for 17 lifetime versus Max Scherzer, okay? The likelihood of him winning that at-bat is it's slim, to say the best, okay? It's slim. But you have to give him the chance. You have to at least give him the ability to try and win that at-bat. Cody Bellinger, in the top of the inning, is the essentially the hero of this series. Cody Bellinger batted under the Mendoza line this year. Okay, He was 2 for 48 against the Giants this season. 2 for 48. That's a batting average below 0.50 or .050. And he won the at-bat in the most unlikely, improbable of situations and is the hero of the series. He was given the opportunity to win the at-bat. To be a player, to be a professional, 2-for-48 against the San Francisco Giants this year, he's the hero. Wilmer Flores, 0-for-17 in his career against Max Scherzer, not given the opportunity to go 1-for-18 and potentially be the hero for the San Francisco Giants. It's asinine, and I mean completely asinine, that an umpire would ring anyone up in that situation. Anyone, doesn't matter who it is, regardless of how bad the call was. And, folks, it was monumentally horrible. No one who's ever watched a single baseball game in their entire life would agree that that was a a, a committed swing by Wilmer Flores. There's not one person out there, even you Dodger fans out there, as blind as you may be sometimes. I'm joking obviously. Obviously your bias allows you to say, "Well, yes, of course there was a swing." <laughs> okay? I get it. I would do the same thing if if it if the shoe were on the other foot. But in re- if you stand back realistically and look at that, you say I, there's no, that was not a swing. It wasn't even close. We've seen we've seen check swings in in this postseason, not just in the Giants and Dodgers series, but in other in other series as well. That went way beyond what Wilmer Flores did that were not called strikes. So Gabe Morales First of all, Gabe Morales will be forever mentioned on my dunce list. That he he's got a he has a permanent spot on the dunce list every single Monday here on the Jeff Dean Show. Permanent. Absolutely permanent. He will be forever remembered as the deciding factor in this series. He will. Not a player, not a manager or a coach, not even some fan who reached over the wall to interfere with a ball in play. An umpire will be the one person remembered in this series, in one of the most monumental historical histories, uh, historical series of all time. In Major League Baseball postseason history, 120 plus years of it, Gabe Morales, an umpire, will be remembered as the deciding factor in the series. Gabe Kapler, the manager of the Giants, took the high road at his press conference last night. And yes, I agree. The Giants had plenty of opportunities to win this series outside of one pitch, one play, one batter. But damn it, you have to give them the opportunity to win that game, to to give him the opportunity to win that at bat, to be a player, to put the ball in play, play baseball. Let them play. It's one of the one of the most recognizable statements. In, in, you know, ever since ever since the, the Bad News Bears came out, right? Was that in the 70s, late 70s, Bad News Bears? Let them play, the fans were cheering. Let them play, Gabe Morales. Put your hand in your pocket, stand there and do your job when a ball comes to first base or if a ball comes, comes screaming by you down the line, then you do your job. You stand there and you let them finish the at-bat. And to walk off with that attitude like he had, oh, my God. I I cannot believe he did not get attacked on his way out of that stadium. Cannot believe that he didn't. So I went to bed angry last night. Woke up even angrier this morning. I went to bed contemplating all the things that could have happened, all the things that went wrong for the Giants in this series, all the things that went right for the Dodgers in this series. Yes, the Dodgers obviously—they—they you know, they scored, you know, a ton more runs. I mean, they had a couple of blowout wins. Logan Webb was absolutely amazing last night. He was amazing in this series. Uh, was it was it Cody Bellinger or Corey Seager? I can't remember which one of them said. Uh, Logan Webb shoved it up our butts. That's what he said. He owned them, absolutely owned them for fifteen and two thirds innings in this series just absolutely incredible. And there were opportunities for the Giants. You know, they went 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position in game 2 against Julio Otares, but they lose the game 7 to 2. Does does that, does that affect the outcome of the game? I don't know. Maybe maybe not. You know, the Giants' defense kept them in the game in game 4 in a game that turned out to be a 9 to 2 blowout. Okay, that game could have gotten away from them way worse than it did and they had opportunities in that game to 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 score runs and they didn't. But there were opportunities for the Dodgers to score runs in a four nothing game and certainly in a one nothing game that the Giants won. Didn't play anything. But last night, you know, I text, I, I, I sent some text to some friends last night. One of them being uh, a friend of mine who it, it essentially introduced me to Max Scherzer and uh, is you know we're we're mutual friends with. With Max and I, just told him. I said, "Look," I said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna text Max or anything. I'll wait till after the season and congratulate him as far as they go. Whatever. He's the only person I'm not mad at right now. <laughs> I mean, really, like he was like he was the only person I wasn't mad at. Watching him celebrate on the mound at, at Oracle Park was driving me crazy, but he was the only person I wasn't angry at in that entire on, on the field in the organizations. I'm mad at everybody but him." You know and like I I I applaud Gabe Kapler for taking the high road and being the adult in the situation he could have thrown a fit like I am right now he could have thrown a fit I'm a fan I'm allowed to do that he could have thrown a fit at the pulpit um, and and you know taking a twenty thousand dollar fine for calling out the umpires and things like that and saying you know we lost because we weren't given the chance and all this other stuff he took the high road I praise him for that you know and and there are people that are that are you know, kind of climbing all over his back, saying you got to have your you got to have your players back for this. You gotta you gotta stand up for your players. You can't go out there and say, oh, we had other chances to you know to win the game. That wasn't it. It was disappointing to end a, end a series that way, end a game that way. But we had other chances to win that game. There are people that are that are upset with Gabe Kapler right now for not going coming to the aid of his players. Do you really think that Gabe Kapler doesn't know his squad? Does he not know that clubhouse? you really think that he would go out there and, and speak to the media without understanding how his players felt? Of course he knows. He just spent an entire season with them, 162 games, traveling back and forth, six weeks in the spring, and then a couple of weeks in the postseason. Spent more time with them than he has his family and his wife. So, yeah, he knows his team pretty well. And if the manager wants to go out there, and that's the stance that he wants to take. Then I'm of the belief that that is the stance that the players have as well. Again, fans, you can be totally different, like I am. I'm I'm just angry as hell. I'm, I mean, I'm just mad as can be. And it's not because, it's not because I feel like the Giants were cheated. I'm not. I'm not. That's like that's the one thing that I'm not the most upset about. I mean, because I realize yes, the Giants had more opportunities to win that game than just the final at bat against Wilmer Flores. I'm upset, once again, by officials deciding games. It happened last night in the Thursday night football game. A taunting penalty. Of all things, a taunt and a stupid one at that. Just a stupid call. Could have completely altered the outcome of that game. Thankfully, it didn't. In that case, but my God. When will these officials learn just to keep their nose butt out of business when the game is on the line? I will, just, I will never understand this. I, just, I, cannot, I cannot wrap my brain around the thought of an official, an umpire, a referee, official, whatever have you, taking the game over in the crucial moments that, that lend us to, the, to what we love about sports, that lead us down that path of, of drama and letting the players the players decide it on the field. Not a single person on this earth would pay money to watch an umpire call a game. Not a single person. It's just over-officious people in these positions of power decide to take matters into their own hands. Gabe Morales was walking off the field before he even rung Wilmer Flores up. He's like, we're out of here. Good. I get to go home now. Oh. God. It's more about like, honestly, it's about his attitude. Like the way he walked up the field. like, yep, I made that call. That's right. I I just <sighs> I'm gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> That's I'm just if I keel over here during the show, just just know that. I went banging the drum against over-officious umpires and and officiating in sports. And let that be my last dying wish. Umpires and officials to keep their hands in their stupid pockets and shut their stinking mouths when the game is on the line and let the players finish it. Let the players decide the outcomes of games. I am so tired of over-officiating in games. It is ruining sports. Absolutely ruining it. Gabe Morales is his name, folks. That'll be – it sucks. It really sucks that he's going to be the one remembered in that series. It's not going to be Max Scherzer. It's not going to be Julio Rios. It's not going to be, even be Logan Webb or Cody Bellinger. Will Smith, who who was Mookie Betts and Will Smith were fantastic in this series. They were amazing in this series. Gabe Morales, umpire, first base umpire, not even the home plate umpire. Wasn't even? It wasn't even a play at home plate. Like that's another thing. Like it wasn't. Like it wasn't the the difference between winning and losing. It was just losing. Yep, you are out. Yep, yep, ring you up. You are gone. And again, I, I I agree with what Gabe Kapler said. There's no guarantee that he wins the at bat. There's no. There's no guarantee. But God, give him the chance. I, I just fail to understand what the the mindset is of someone in that situation. Can't do it. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm in the maybe I'm in the minority here, and I'm just angry at at the world right now. I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority. Tell me I'm wrong. Tweet me, at UAZ, uh, at UAZ Voice, at UAZ Voice on Twitter. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Whatever. S- send an ambulance my way with a defibrillator machine. I don't know. <sighs> I need something. Coffee ain't working this morning. I'm still angry. We still got lots of stuff to talk about other than that. I'm, in fact, I'm done talking about it. I'm, done, I'm probably done talking baseball. Maybe, maybe for a while. Let's be honest. I might be just done talking baseball for a while. I, I, I don't know. I may, I may give my predictions for who's going to win the World Series. I, I, it. I guess it doesn't matter anymore. The umpires just going to take over the league, and they're going to decide who wins the World Series and who goes home. Join Spears and Ali for Monday Night Football this Monday night as they broadcast live from the famous Sam's at River and Lachoya. The location over there at River, uh, River in latroy, a great location been there several times uh, it 's a clean spot, friendly spot for family and friends to hang out they 've got forty two television over twenty beers on tap they 've got a great happy hour that goes from two to six every single day and you can come on down this Monday, watch the Monday night football game with uh, Justin and Ali and of course, uh, the uh, promotions team will be out there with their swag and stuff like that. So come on down, hang out, have a good time on Monday night football with ESPN Tucson. All right when we return. We will start to talk about the Saturday's game, tomorrow's game in Boulder. Wildcats traveling to take on the Buffaloes. Most people would consider it a pillow fight. But here in Tucson, we are desperate for a win. How desperate? And what can we do to get that win tomorrow? I'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on
0: 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. Big show today, Football Friday. We will be focusing on football the rest of the way. I'm done talking baseball, maybe forever. I just you know, can't. I just can't bring myself to do it right now. I certainly don't want to think about it right now. I will not be watching any more baseball the rest of this season. That's a lie. I'll definitely be watching baseball this rest of this season. <laughs> so, but yeah, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk football here the rest of the way today. Tons and tons of stuff to get into. Wildcat football traveling to uh, Boulder to take on the Buffaloes. I've got uh, some of the biggest games in the NFL coming up. We'll preview some of those. Talk about, you know, maybe where you can uh, you can you know run some uh, run some shekels down I'll put some shekels down on some uh, on some wagers maybe. And of course, the Friday Five coming up in our number two. Also, stay tuned. We have some FC Tucson tickets that we're going to be giving away today. So stay tuned for your cue to call for that for some soccer. But right now, I want to talk about the Wildcats and the Buffaloes. It's, this is a matchup that I would normally call a pillow fight. It's the it's the one in five, uh, one in five Colorado. Or sorry, uh, one in four Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, they're four straight losses. They opened the season with a win against Northern Colorado, which, again, not very good. But hey, neither is Northern Arizona, and Arizona lost to them. So what do I know? Uh, so the one in four Buffs. They're going to be hosting the 0 and 5 Arizona Wildcats uh, in this game. Look, offense is going to be at a premium. If if a team can score, that's you know that's going to be huge for you know for either team because neither of these teams right now are doing very well in scoring. First of all, the there are 130 teams in Division One football right now. Okay, 130, Colorado is 129th in scoring, 129th, but you don't have to look up too far from the bottom to find the Arizona Wildcats, who are currently 123rd in scoring, averaging just under 17 points a game. The Buffaloes, however, who scored 35 in their first game, a win over Northern Colorado, have... uh, Fallen down to average less than 14 points per game. They, gave, they scored seven against Texas AM, a game that was played on a neutral site. I still that game still baffles me. I do not understand that game at all. Texas AM, who just beat the number one team in the country, Alabama, 41-38, had to struggle to score late to beat Colorado by a score of 10-7 in Denver. Then they turn around. And couldn't even cross the 50-yard line against the Minnesota Gophers. And, look, Minnesota's a good football team. We saw early on that they were good. They were able to challenge Ohio State in the first game of the season and have played well this year. But, I mean, I think Colorado had 81 yards of total offense or something in that game. Like, it, it, what? You don't see that kind of stuff anymore. And it's not like, like I said, not like Minnesota's the desert swarm. It's just Minnesota. Colorado just can't move the ball at all. They were terrible against Arizona State in Tempe a couple of weeks ago, and they got completely smothered by Southern Cal last week at home. So the Wildcats come to town. They're going to have Gunnar Cruz as the quarterback. It's it's easy to think that, gosh, you know, this is going to be a very, very low-scoring game. Obviously, I I don't think many people are believing that either of these teams are going to score a ton of points. I still find it interesting that this game is almost a touchdown spread, six and a half right now in Colorado's favor. I just, you have to score points to win games by that many points, right? Like, I, I haven't lost my mind here. If you pick a team to win by 6.5 or 7 points, they actually have to score those 7 points first. And I, do you think they're just going to, like, hold the Wildcats to 3 points? It'd be a 10-3 ball game or something? I mean, maybe it could be. Weather's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be sunny in 65, as Jed Fish said in his press conference yesterday. So where do the Wildcats get the win? Like what 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 do the Wildcats need to do to get the dub? First of all, Colorado's defense has been has been okay this year. It's it's not it's not bad. Of course, you know, they have one of the you know, one of the better defensive players in the entire country and Nate Landman, um, their middle linebacker. Nate Landman is he's fantastic. He yeah, you know, he's he's as good as it gets. Um Tackling machine, he's everywhere. I wish he would go away. I'm sick of seeing him on a football field here in the Pac-12 South. But he is, uh, yeah, he's he's fantastic. They do feature Jarek Broussard in the backfield, who is the reigning Pac-12 Player of the Year. Jarek Broussard had a huge season last year in the shortened Pac-12 season, and you know, really piled up a ton of yards, especially against Arizona uh, in that game last year. But he has not been. Uh, you know, he's not been great this year. Uh, you know, how great can you be when you have the worst offense in the country? Um, you know, quarterback-wise, it's been Brandon Lewis for the most part. Nothing nothing jumps off the page there. Um, they're very good situationally, though. Like, their third down defense is top 20 in the country. Their fourth down defense is top 20 in the country. Um, and interestingly enough, their red zone offense is actually pretty good. They don't get there very often, which is probably why their percentage is high, uh, because, you know, they don't actually have a whole lot of attempts. But when they do get there, um, they're pretty good at scoring in the red zone. But they're dead last in the country in first downs gained dead last. And I, and I, it's, like, it's not even close, like not even close at all. But you turn around, it's hard to get first downs against them because they're an extremely good tackling team. So. What are some of the keys to Arizona in this game? How does Arizona beat Colorado in a game that Arizona must have? I mean, because we didn't know a few weeks ago whether or not Arizona would be favored in this game. Now we know, obviously, Colorado favored by nearly a touchdown. tells you what Vegas thinks about Arizona's chances in this particular game. I mean, I have my thoughts. And Jed Fish talked about it yesterday in his press conference. You know, he said we, we have to be we have to be in situations that don't require Gunnar Cruz to try and win the game for us. Okay, sure. I mean, that, look that's that's a good way to, to go about it because you don't want to put your quarterback who's just getting his start, you know, for the you know for the first time, you know, since being benched, uh, you don't want to put the ball in his hands and say go win us the you know the football game. You want him to get into the flow of the game, work up a lather, manage some things. Get some confidence, okay? You don't want him to go out there and and, and have to be put in situations where it's third and longs. So look for Arizona to be, I mean, honestly, look for them to, to be conservative. Look for them to have a lot of easy pitch and catch type plays where you can get playmakers in space and hopefully break a tackle here and there. That's easier said than done against Colorado. They're fantastically good Uh, tackling team so for Arizona in order to win this game they're going to have to do some things that maybe aren't out of uh, like aren't in the norm or that aren't regular for what Jed Fish's offense is trying to accomplish and I have some ideas on on what Arizona can do in this particular matchup to maybe exploit some of those things without going over the top and trying to do too much we'll talk about that next ESPN Tucson invites you to the Sierra Auction. It's the uh, live in-person public auction preview, which is today from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's at 3911 North Highway Drive right there in Tucson. The uh, online registration is free, and you can find it at sierraauction.com. It is open to the public. No dealer license is required. And you can start bidding online tomorrow morning as early at 8 a.m. and get the deals that you deserve only at sierraauction.com. For more information, of course, you can go to ESPNTucson.com. My three keys to the game to an Arizona win next, right here on the Jeff Dean Show.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here doing our little preview of the Wildcats and the Buffaloes tomorrow in uh, Boulder. Buffs coming off their bye week, as they've had a little extra time to prepare for the Wildcats. Not sure if that's going to matter much because honestly, this game is going to just come down to execution. It has in my opinion, this game has very little to do with X's and O's. This is a situation where these teams have to execute their plays in or if they want to win the game. Number one key for Arizona in this game, and I mean the absolute paramount number one key in this game is limit turnovers. You have to limit the turnovers. I don't even care if Arizona doesn't gain a turnover defensively, okay? There are plenty of times where I'm thinking like, all right, the team's going to have to force turnovers. That's going to be a key of the game. they got to force turnovers because you can't just let this offense stay on the field. Like UCLA, okay? You can't just let UCLA's offense stay on the field. They will churn you up and spit you out. Okay, you have to create turnovers, and that was one of the you know one of the things that I was looking for Arizona's defense, and they got a couple, but they gave a couple back as well. This game, I couldn't care less if the defense gets a turnover at all. Turnovers on downs, sure, yeah, that would be great. But I don't care if they don't you know collect a fumble or, or grab an interception. I do not care. The one thing that I do care about that is most paramount for Arizona in this game is to not turn the ball over it's easier said than done. Arizona has not been good at uh, limiting turnovers so far this year. Michael Wiley's had a couple of fumbles and of course we all know about the interceptions and things like that that the quarterbacks have thrown. Now there's been instability at quarterback position which will lead to quarterbacks trying to do too much on the field which will lead to interceptions. We know that. But for Arizona to to win this game, if they want to have a chance to win this game. And I mean, I mean really They have to limit their turnovers. They cannot have – you can't be negative. you you got to be even or plus side turnovers. You just can't let turnovers beat you like this on the road. So that's my number one key to the game. And that is that may be the only one that matters in the grand scheme of things is to to not have any turnovers. Okay? Penalties, whatever. This team is going to penalize themselves. I, I can't figure out why they continue to do it. And I can't figure out why it's a widespread thing, other than the fact that it is just the, the the losing has just become a a toxicity inside the bloodstream of the players and the team, and everybody's screwing up. Like it's just it's just one of those things that that happens. And until they win, they're not going to be able to cure themselves of that. Limit it, yes. Play smart, yes. Obviously, don't turn the ball over. Period. End of story. Don't turn the ball over. I'm going to offer two more keys to the game. Arizona has to win their one-on-one matchups. Colorado is going to be aggressive in this game. They're going to be – their their only hope in trying to stop Arizona from outscoring them is to get after Gunnar Cruz. Okay? The book is out. He's going to hold on to the football. If you, if you rush him, he's going to panic. He's not a great rusher. And he's going to hold on to the football. And he's going to eat it. You get a lot of negative plays. Okay, the book is out. Everyone knows it. There's you can't hide it. Everyone knows it. Every team that plays against Arizona the rest of this season is going to be coming after Gunnar Cruz. They're going to be bringing the house at him, trying to pressure him, trying to get him to do things that he's not comfortable with. Get him to hang on to the ball because there's this belief that he just will not get rid of the football. And until we see him do it on a consistent basis, I think it's a well warranted. Uh, it's a well warranted fear that Arizona fans should have, and a, and a warranted, uh, you know, I guess you know, point of emphasis for opposing teams. Colorado is going to bring the heat tomorrow. Arizona has to win their one-on-one matchups, and they have to win them quickly. There cannot be this dancing around, trying to put double and triple moves on play, on, on uh, corners and safeties, and trying to go deep. Okay? Win your one-on-one, get into space, give show Gunner Cruz your numbers, let them get you the ball okay and then you move on from there because if you if there's going to be plenty of one-on-ones and i think there will be that's going to give you an opportunity for a uh, for a broken tackle and yards after catch that's going to be huge i don't think arizona's going to have a, a, a lot of success running the football in this game i really don't unless that offensive line shows up and wants to dominate like they did against oregon a couple of weeks ago i don't think i don't think arizona's going to be able to Run the football with great authority in this game. They've got Colorado's got too good of a middle linebacker, and their defensive line is stout enough. Uh, I just and with the 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 run fits that they're going to give, I just don't I don't think that that Arizona is going to be dominating in the running game. Run the football, yeah. You can get a hundred yards at 120 yards out of your running game this today, or tomorrow, great. That'll be gravy. Very happy with that. Okay. But what Arizona has to do is they have to win their one on one matchups. There's going to be plenty of them. If you can win your one on one, get the ball, and then try just break a tackle. If you can, because again, Colorado really good at tackling. If you can break a tackle, now things are things are open. You've got other players out there to block for you. May only have three, or, you know, two or three guys remaining on defense uh, behind you, as far as you're you know heading towards the end zone. So, uh, if you can win your one on ones and Arizona has not been great. The wide receivers have not been great at that so far this year. I've, it's one of those things that I thought we were going to be you know, better at so far. Have not. So Arizona has to win their one-on-ones. That's, that's paramount. Got to find the tight ends when they get open. That's going to be huge for Gunnar Cruz as well. Quarterbacks in this system have ignored the tight ends for some reason. I can't figure it out. We've seen them wide open from time to time, uh, or time and time again, I should say and they just continue to ignore them and go the other way. That's got to change. My number 3 key to the game and it's it's going to be defensively just get Colorado off the field, don't do them any favors. Okay? Don't don't be stupid uh, and and give them a penalty that gives them a first down when they would not have converted a third down. This is one of the worst third down conversion teams in the country. One of one of the absolute worst. In fact, their third down their third down conversion percentage is below 30 percent that is horrible it's 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 terrible of course Arizona's is worse but that's beside the point they they are they are really really bad at converting third down they're one for 10 last week or two weeks ago their last outing against USC one of ten they converted a bunch of them against northern Colorado I think it I think it pumped up their numbers because uh, uh, j- what I've seen from Colorado so far this year they, they can't they can't do anything on, for, on third downs And it's not like they're missing out on you know because it's third and eight or third and nine Yes, they have gotten in those situations. Uh, they're not a really heavily penalized team so to speak uh, but like they can't convert third and two. Like, they just they're just not good on third down. So Arizona defense has to get them off the field. Just, just get them off the field, get the ball back into the hands of your offense. This is not going to be an up-and-down affair offensively. They're not going to be lighting up the scoreboard in Boulder. And I think 17 points may be enough to win this game. Arizona may not have to score 20 and break the schneid of not scoring 20 points. They might not have to score 20 to get their first win in their last 17 contests, their last 18 contests. But you have to get them off the field on third downs. Do not let them break thirty percent third down conversion percentage because if you do, they will just grind you, and grind you, until you just submit. Uh, Jarek Broussard will crack off a big run because as talented as he is. I mean, we saw what we saw. He we we ran for three hundred yards against Arizona last year. Had like two seventy-yard runs in that game and another sixty-yard run in that game. Yeah, don't don't need to see that again. Get them off the field. Get the ball back in the hands of your offense, and there you go. So those are my three keys to the game. Do not turn the ball over. Do not. Ball security is of the utmost importance in this game. Do not turn the ball over. That is number one. It's 1A, 1B, 2, 2A, two 2B. I mean, it is. It, it, I, I cannot express how important it is in this game. Number two, win your one-on-one matchups in the passing game. And number three, get them off the field on third down. If Arizona can do those three things, Arizona will win this football game. They're good enough to win this football game. Colorado is, I don't want to say ripe for the picking, but it's a good matchup for Arizona because Arizona doesn't have to try to outscore them. They only have to just try to, to beat them, you, you know, heads up, essentially. It's not going to be a scoring affair. We have to try to score 30. There's no pressure on the offense to score 30 in this game tomorrow. score. I mean, get to 20, sure. Get to 21, 24. Hey, the more the merrier, of course, but hell, (laughs) at this point, I'll take 20 on the dot. I think 20 on the dot wins the game. Arizona's defense has shown that it's going to be good enough. Um, I know they're going to be without J.B. Brown, but they get Isaiah Rutherford back this week, who's back from illness. J.B. Brown is out. He's going to to miss the remainder of the season uh, for personal reasons, whatever that may be. He's going to still be like with the team but not playing in games. They want to preserve his um his eligibility status. Cool. I'm fine with that. Uh you know, whatever. It's it's personal reasons and the you know, whatever whatever's better for JB uh is uh, is good for me. So, Arizona's healthy. The the defense is starting to look better. Um schematically wise, I trust in Don Brown to come up with a good game plan. To, uh, to try and combat whatever, whatever it is Colorado's going to throw at them. So there you go. Those are my three keys to the game for an Arizona win. We'll see what happens. Of course, we will have all of the analysis and reaction for you on Monday morning right here on the Jeff Dean Show. Hockey season is in full swing, and there's no better place to bet the NHL than on FanDuel Sportsbook. NHL parlays are an awesome way to make every shot feel like a hat trick. And you can turn every little bet – into a big payday with these uh, NHL parlays because all season long FanDuel is giving every customer NHL parlay insurance. It's it's like this really cool idea. Basically what happens is you can get up to $25 back each day if your parlay falls just one leg short. So if you get if you if you if you run a four-leg parlay out there and you get three of the four, you get 25 bucks back. It's pretty awesome. And if you don't have a FanDuel account, that's fine. You can sign up today using the promo code DEAN. There's plenty of, of NHL games to be betting out there. The Kraken got their first win of the season yesterday. Uh, and you can place your risk-free uh, bet up to $1,000 with FanDuel using my promo code DEAN. FanDuel's hooking you up with great odds and exclusive offers. I've seen some promos come across the screen uh, in the last uh, last day or two that are very, very enticing and a whole lot of fun as well. This season, make every moment more and bet on the NHL with FanDuel Sportsbook. But remember, use my promo code DEAN so that they know that I sent you and get those cool promos and fun promos for those uh, parlays and the NHL parlay insurance. NHL 2021, all rights reserved. 21 and over and present in present Arizona. Parlay insurance max refund is $25 per day. Risk-free bet for first online real money wager only. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days for parlay insurance and 14 days for risk-free bets. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. More football after this on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Just a few more thoughts on tomorrow's game, Arizona and Colorado. You know, it's not like Colorado's offensive line is you know is great for them. It, you know, they run the ball well. However, they're they're more like a one trick pony. Like they just they they just love to run the football with Jared because that's all they got. You know, they got a freshman quarterback in Brandon Lewis. Um, and you know, the one of the main problems with that has been, you know, their wide receivers aren't winning any of their matchups. Like you know, LaVisca Chenault is long gone. Uh, they're not winning the one on one matchups. So. Brandon Lewis is forced to hold to the ball a little bit, much like we've seen from Gunnar Cruz, and they're allowing a sack. The offensive line, Colorado's offensive line allows a sack on a ridiculous 13.6% of all the dropbacks that Brandon Lewis makes. That is an astounding number. Like, that number is, like, you thought Arizona was bad at taking sacks, 13.5% of his dropbacks resulted in a sack. That is no bueno. So, Arizona's going to have a chance to feast a little bit as well, but you have to stop Jarek Broussard. I mean, you just, you got to tackle him. You got to do your best. You got to bring the linebackers up, play in the box, play with seven men. This game is going to be a phone booth battle. <laughs> I mean, these teams are going to try to spread the the, the, the field, they're going to do their best. But everything's going to happen in that box. Everything's going to happen in the trend because both defenses are going to load up the boxes. One is going to be trying to focus on bringing pressure on the quarterback, and I think that's going to be Colorado. I think they're going to try to do whatever they can to pressure Gunner Cruz because they know that they don't have time to let let Arizona's receivers run wild throughout the secondary. And Arizona's going to load up the box to try to stop the run because they know that their corners can cover – Colorado's wide receivers and that a freshman quarterback in Brandon Lewis has not been very good this year and been very inconsistent so that's the you know that's the game in a nutshell it's gonna all happen in the box so again three keys to the game follow those I think Arizona's got a good shot at a win this weekend again I don't I don't make predictions in the Arizona games just kind of my own personal preference here working for the team I just don't find it necessary to, to be making picks uh for the games i I think the game's going to be close. I don't think either team is going to run away with it here. To think that that Colorado is a six-and-a-half-point favorite to me is absurd. I mean, I just – I guess Vegas just feels like Arizona's going to score six or fewer points because I don't – I just don't see Colorado scoring more than two touchdowns against Arizona. I just don't. So, like I said, 17 may be enough to win this game, 17 points. First team to score a touchdown wins, right? how bad these offenses have been so far this season but we're going to enjoy it we're gonna watch Arizona and Colorado tomorrow in Boulder on a beautiful day sunny Boulder Colorado I've been to that stadium a couple times at Folsom Field there it's nice place nice place to watch a football game it'll be even better if Arizona can walk away with a victory get that gigantic gorilla off of their back it's gonna be paramount and don't lose the game in the fourth quarter by God Arizona's been close in the fourth quarter three times this year and let the games get away from them. Don't do it again. Stay close, bring the hammer, win the game in the fourth quarter, walk out of there with a dub. Come home victorious and glad to get that monkey off your back. All right, coming up in hour number two, which is just a quick two minutes away, my Friday Five and my NFL Walk of the Week along with the biggest games in week six of the NFL. Stay tuned. It's the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson.
0: The Casino Del Sol Studio, the Soul of Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson, KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tanka Verde, KMXZ HD for Tucson.